All right. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. My name is Matt Hines. It is exciting to be back here. We've been dark for the last two weeks as I've been with my family in Encinitas, literally doing next to nothing. We did a lot of beach time. We did a lot of, we ate a lot of tacos, surf and turf burritos. If you ever want a great carne asada shrimp burrito, I got a top three um, in Encinitas, North County, San Diego. I can hook you up um with with the deets so uh well it's it's excited to be back and uh thank you everyone for joining us for those of you joining us live on linkedin facebook or youtube thanks so much for watching us in the middle of your work day here on a thursday we are here typically every thursday at 11 30 pacific 2 30 eastern and if you're checking us out on demand uh thank you very much for watching if you're listening on demand to the podcast thank you very much for downloading and subscribing and uh boy we're i think we're close to 300 episodes of sales pipeline radio now some of which are now on video but all of which are available on demand in audio format at sales pipeline radio Com. Every week we're featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing. Today is absolutely no different. I had to look your, look up the current title for our guest today because uh, she continues to take on more and more responsibility. Chief Evangelist of Brand Experiences at, at PFL, Marnie Reed. Marnie, thanks so much for joining us. Matt, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. We So this is only like a 20, 25 minute show and we've got a lot we can talk about in the past. We I think we really kind of our relationship was built on a common, uh, not fear, but I think a um, a, a healthy respect for bears. Um, yes. I, I will never forget a dinner uh, that we were both at at a conference and we were talking somehow we started talking about bears. Um, we have a, a common interest in bacon, um, and I want to talk about hybrid experiences as well. But maybe just quick introduce yourself, who you are, and for those, for maybe the two or three listeners who don't know PFL, uh, what PFL does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm Marnie Reed. Uh, I've known Matt. What We've known each other for seven years, somewhere around there-ish. Oh, wow. Had some really fun dinners and, and fun conversations over the course of the last few years. Um, so I am the chief evangelist at PFL of Brand Experiences, and that's really what PFL is all about. You know, one of the things that we've created over the course of the last seven years is just just realizing that there's a, a pretty significant problem in digital marketing right now, which is um, even in the last 18 months, it's just gone out the window, out of control. And so you know, the, the problem that we're solving for our customers is while digital has been on this massive increase, um, the fact of the matter comes down to like the human attention span doesn't change. Like it's a sparse, very sparse commodity. I know it even feels like over the last 18 months, it's even become more sparse. Um, and so what we do at PFL is we combine the emotional power of offline marketing with the predictability of digital to deliver that really one-to-one -one personalized um, at infinite scale. Um, and we call this the hybrid experience platform that we offer to our customers. Um, as far as my background, I've kind of had an interesting, uh, interesting path at career uh, at PFL. I've been there just over 19 years, uh, which sounds it ma makes me sound really old. <laughs> it makes you sound loyal. I think that is probably what it makes sound. Like. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's impressive. I mean, and, and I know we want to talk about the hybrid experience. I mean, really, really important. I think we've learned a lot about what's working and why it's so valuable in the last year. Clearly, we're going to, you know, as we sort of face a, a tenuous sort of fall schedule, I think we're still leaning into that for sure. But, you know, I, I think you and I have talked in the past about sort of my respect and admiration for the pfl culture um thinking of the couple conferences you guys have done in bozeman um you've taken some people on tours of the of the of the office and mm -hmm. you know it's it's the things you guys do sometimes the little things to sort of celebrate customers 
to help employees be more successful. Um, you know, one of the things that I think I, you gave you you gave a tour, and someone else on the team gave a tour. Neither of you pointed out my favorite part, which was as you walk into the print shop, where, where you guys have these amazing. I mean, some of these like amazing, unique uh, machines. There's a, a sign above on the above the door, and it says something like. Through these doors walk the the most successful. I don't care. So these doors walk the greatest manufacturing professionals in the world. Yes, yes. Something like that, and it wasn't even pointed out in the tour. And so that tells me, a, you know, you're pointing out things you think are highlights, and there's all kinds of other stuff that you guys are just doing. And my sense in talking to you and talking to Andrew is that. You know, it's kind of like Zingerman's out in Ann Arbor. Like you didn't intend to sort of say, "Hey, let's do intentionally do all these things." You just did the things that felt like the right things to do. Yes. How does that? How do you do that organically? What do you consider? You know, having seen it over the years, how does how do you do that? You know, I think it started for me actually when when I knew that I wanted to move to Montana, um, and Montana was not known as like this high tech, sexy place. You know, it's like farming and ranching. And um, I really, for me personally, I wanted to work in a great place to live. Like I wanted to have a career, I wanted to thrive. And at that time there wasn't very many opportunities. And so I think when we look at people who come on board with PFL, they're very, I don't wanna say like-minded because we're actually very different thinking people. but we all have a common goal, which is we love our customers. We want to serve our customers. And sometimes we'll go to that nth degree to try to figure out how to solve the, the, the problems that our customers are experiencing. Um, and so when you look at the individuals that we bring on board, it's just a very driven group of people. And they're very passionate. They care a lot. Um, and that is and has been what's kept me at PFL. Like That's a huge motivator for me. I don't want to work with a bunch of slackers. Um, I don't want to work with people who are, you know, we have a, a value that it's, we couldn't figure out how to put a positive spin on it, but we don't want to, we don't want people to, to be that gossipy backstabbing um, kind of workplace. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we have consistently held to. And, you know, I have n- had no problems walking up to a person and just saying, Hey, like that doesn't match with our values. And let's just like focus on the important things, which is our customers. Well, and when you can enumerate your values in that explicit of a way, and when you can not just say like it's things like integrity or excellence or things that anyone can say, but when they aren't just said, when they aren't aspirational, when they describe the culture you have, when they describe your best cultural examples, those serve as an attractor and repellent, right? Those serve as a means of like people that read those and say, that's not me. But if that's what the organization rewards and recognizes, then they don't stick around for very long. Nope. You could put those values in front of people that are applying for jobs and say, does this sound like you? And, and probably save yourselves the time and energy of interviewing people that clearly don't believe in those. When um, we do the interview, that's 100% right, Matt. I mean, it's as, as we're actually doing going through our assessments, that's our interview team actually is evaluating on those values. Super important. All right. So uh, let's pivot a little bit to this hi- concept of the hybrid experience. Um, so PFL, you've been there 20 years. Company started as uh, Print for Less. It was, you know, online uh, print shop, cheaper to print it in Bozeman than to cheaper, you know, print it in, you know, like New York or whatever. Um, and has really pivoted to become really more of a sort of, t- it started, you know, sort of pivoted to software, tactile experiences. And what started as direct mail and printed materials really is now this hybrid experience. And what I love about that approach is that it's not 
you know, hey, what's your tactile? What's your offline? What's your direct mail? And the most successful marketers I see today are not saying like, what's my email? What's my social? What's my direct mail? What's my prospect experience? It's not about yes. the channels. It's about the body of work. Talk a little bit about why that's so important, whether we're still working from home or in front of our Pelotons and pianos or not. Like, why is that ex that combined integrated experience so important? Well, I could go on and on for hours on this topic. We want a human experience. Like, I don't even want a customer experience. I want a human experience. And I think that has elevated over the course of the last several years where, you know, it's it becomes if not done right, it can, the same thing that we talked about with the values, it can become a repellent. So if I have someone who is prospecting to me or marketing to me, and they don't even know my first name, I mean, first of all, that's like table stakes at this point in time. We have so much data at our fingertips to be able to know where someone is in their buyer's journey, what are they engaging with from a digital perspective, what are they consuming and how long are they consuming it, and being able to leverage that data to then be able to engage them in the human world, in the real world with these physical pieces, I think is critical now more than ever. Um, you know, you I, I hate even using the phrases that are so common now, like the digital fatigue or the Zoom fatigue. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people just are, are craving that one-to-one -one personal experience. And there's nothing better than being able to, like I shop at Amazon and probably like it's ridiculous how much money I spend with them. I still love to open the boxes. Like it comes right. to my porch, I open it up, it's engaging, and I already know what's in there. But when you, yeah, I mean, it's like, it shouldn't be a surprise. But when you have that ability to have an understanding of where your audience is, and then how is it that you can help solve their problems and then be able to send them something that showcases that, I think is absolutely critical. And, and that is building a level of affinity with your audience where they want to engage with you. Yep, I totally agree. Talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Marnie Reed, a 20-year PFL veteran who is currently the chief evangelist and brand experience, uh, brand experiences. And uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, there's a combination of sort of that hyper-personalization and that personalized experience you can provide for someone, but also there's power in that integrated diversity of channels. Mm -hmm. Like if you send six emails to someone, like what do they say in, the, in you know, in, in MBA school, you have to have like seven impressions with someone before they start to pay attention. But there's an acceleration of that awareness if you diversify the channels. I continue to see study after study. It says you send seven emails versus a couple emails, a couple social posts, something in the mail with a consistent approach and message. You're going to accelerate the path towards awareness, interest, and response with that diversified hybrid experience. Yes. And I also think that, you know, it's nothing's linear. Like we don't behave in a linear fashion. And so your marketing can't be linear either. Like I need to know, like I said earlier, I need to know where you're at and how you're engaging with my brand in order to determine like, what am I going to send to you? Like on 24 is one of our great customers and they did their um, on 24 experience event recently, even being able to have tied together that virtual experience with being able to send them like a pre-event kit mm -hmm. and, but segmenting their audience too. Like they had their target accounts that they created a more of a VIP package for. Um, and I think that really creates that brand affinity, like I said, and just that level of engagement, but also like a strong call to action. Um, you can't just send swag in a box. That's cute. It's fun. People like it, but it needs to be something that really is engaging, you know, and, and showcasing your brand at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
Love it. Uh, we'll take a quick break. I want to recognize, as before we continue here with our guest, uh, Marnie Reed from PFL, uh, I want to just thank our sponsor, Vidyard. Uh, Vidyard has been uh, a friend of, uh, of, the, of the show for a long time. Very excited to have them on. As a sponsor now, uh, Vidyard, for those of you who don't know, easy to use video solution, making it very easy to create videos, host them ad-free, share them with others, track their performance. Whether you're recording a video for one person or sharing it with the world on your website, it's easy to manage your content. Um, my assistant is addicted to Vidyard. She's using it internally when she wants to explain something. She doesn't write long emails. She uses videos to show us what's going on. It makes it very easy. Great way to personalize, as we're talking about here with Marnie, the experience people have across different channels by using video uh, with great analytics, integration with other tools, customized options, and more. Uh, you can find them at vidyard.com. That's V-I-D-Y-A-R-D.com. If you go to vidyard.com slash pipeline, you can get a copy of their free high conversion virtual sales playbook. So thanks again to our friends uh, at Vidyard, Tyler and the whole team up there. Um, I think there's something to be said, Marnie, for like, you know, having a personality as a brand, having people like yourself that can sort of be the face of a company. You know, Tyler Lester to Vidyard does a fantastic job of this with all of his content. And it's a, and, and look, I mean, I'm a print journalist. So like I'm, and I have a face for radio, as you can all tell by watching this. So like I'm good at writing. That's what my background is. But there's something to be said for the personalization or the, the personality excuse me you see from people in a in a in a multimedia format whether it's video or in person or even embedding video into a direct mail package so that you can see the face behind the brand talk about how important that personality is even in a b2b context well i think it's critical i i don't like boring that's i think that's one of the reasons i love you it's just like our conversations we get on the phone for 30 minutes and it's like okay we gotta go but then you know, the, these, these great conversations just keep taking place. And I think it's, you know, you have to have the personality to people want to work with people. And so being able to have a brand that shows your people personality, I think is very important. And like you said, with Vidyard, like I love that group over there. They're so fun to work with. Um, and being able to showcase a video, it, you know, it shows your face. It's like people want to see that face-to-face -face communication. Um, but I think you can also do that throughout your content too. And, you know, you can, I've got companies who are using some really great loss language, which makes you, as you're reading some of their content, it makes you kind of feel emotional a little bit, but then they come in to save the day to be able to say, and this is how we're going to help you. Um, yeah, I just, I think it's, it, it's so important. I read sometimes some things where it's just like, I'm, I'm about to fall asleep. It's, <laughs> no. it's just not going to win me over. I, I want to work with great people. I want to be emotionally connected to the brands that, that are in my life. Well, I mean, look, buildings write, don't write checks. People do, right? And so I think too often in B2B, we expect we need to speak to the benefit of the business. And that's true. The business has to benefit. But you've got a living, breathing person like you and I that's going to write the check, that's going to use the product, yeah. that's going to benefit from it some way in their career and or their life. And it's well, important to consider that. I think the fact of the matter is, is people don't care about your company. Like, they don't care about your company. They What they're going to care about is the people that they're going to be able to have a relationship with. Um, and that really comes down to that that people people topic that we started off with. Amen to that. Okay, well, so related to that. So back to this idea of hybrid experience. So we can talk about sort of seamless marketing channels. And I love that Mark here uh, watching the show live. Thanks for joining us. Mark says, you know, reinforces power in the integrated diversity of channels. And if we think of that just within marketing, online, offline, tactile, digital, valuable. 
what if we now take that and say, okay, now I've got marketing and I've got sales, right? And I've got, for those bigger organizations, there's greater integration between those teams than ever before. There's marketing is working further into the funnel than ever before. Sales is engaging earlier in the funnel than ever before. That hybrid experience gets even more complex, let alone talking about how to now localize that across different geographies or managing that across channel and direct sales relationships. But let's start, I guess, maybe focus just on that sales versus marketing relationships. What are some of the best practices you see for companies successfully enabling a hybrid experience across those go-to-market teams? I think the the success that we've seen at PFL and even the customers that we're working with, it's just involvement. It's bringing the teams together to have that conversation. Sales is at the forefront. They're kind of at the tip of the spear. They're the ones who are talking to the prospects. They're talking to the customers. If you're not engaging them from a marketing standpoint on what the messaging is and the problem that we're solving, it's going to fall on flat ears. Sales is going to look at you and say, you don't have any clue what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. But at the end of the day, I still believe that marketing controls the messaging. You know, they need to take the input from sales and then they need to create messaging that sales is going to connect to and be able to, to um, intelligently articulate, you know, you can't have them sounding like a robot in their sales pitch. Um, They need to be sounding like they are consultants and that they're really educating these, these, the audience on what, again, the problem that we solve. So I think getting sales involved early is important. And then, you know, we do something where every Monday and every Friday we meet as an, a large organization and we're sharing constantly what every single department is doing in order to be able to achieve our goals. I think that creates that sense of one team and sales wants the field support. They, they need the sales support. They can't, you know, we at one point in time, I was watching one of our sales reps create their own deck. I'm like, no, 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 this is not good. <laughs> this is not what you should be spending your time on. So being able to alert marketing like, hey, our sales team is creating their own decks. We probably have a problem in our sales process or in our messaging. Let's sit down together and actually figure it out. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is just, just even having the the process and the structure to have those two teams to come together and identify what's the common objective that we have. You know, instead of having marketing measured on sales qualified leads and having sales measured on close one deals, why not have everyone measured on revenue so that we're not actually working against each other, we're working together. Yep, just a couple more minutes here with our guest, Marnie Reed from PFL today on Sales Pipeline Radio. And, you know, let's talk about that brand experience because, and, and talk about that measurement component of it, right? Because I think a lot of B2B marketers say, I got to drive pipeline, I got to generate new leads, I get measured based on pipeline contribution. Brand is arts and crafts. Brand is something that you measure by what? Share of voice, share of market, like share of audience and how many times you're mentioned in the press. Um, I'm being a little facetious, but I think like it's, it's still a challenge for a lot of companies to justify and to balance the brand investment versus straight demand. And yet I think for those of us who have been doing this for too long, no, the investment in brand greases the wheels of predictable, scalable pipeline development. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing, you know, at PFL, but also with the companies you're talking to about that impact of brand. Well, I, I actually have been having some interesting conversations with uh, Braden over at Sendo. So I know you had Chris um, mm-hmm. on the um, session maybe last week or the week before. And one of the reasons that we started having a conversation together is what we were hearing from our audience is, well, what's the difference between PFL and Sendoso? It's like, okay, so we have confused, uh, we've potentially confused the marketplace 
if they can't differentiate why our two companies are different from each other. And so that started conversations internally, but also externally to say, to actually go out and talk to our customers and say, well, what do you think PFL is? And what we got back from them was not actually what was in our core messaging and wasn't in our brand. And so that really made it challenged us to say, okay, we have confused people and we need to take a look at everything that we're doing and, and rebrand um, so that people are not confused with the value that we bring to the marketplace. And uh, I think we get too hung up on the name of our company. We get too hung up on the color of our logos. It's just, it's really important for us to be able to ask our audience, do you understand what it is that we do? And if that is not the case, then you've got a problem. Love it. Well, uh, we're about out of time. I want to thank our guest today, Marnie Reed, the chief, uh, the chief evangelist for brand experiences. I'm going to get it right one of these mm-hmm. times. And uh, just thank you for your time. And, and I'm serious, like what you the it is you don't meet bad people at PFL. Such a great company, a great culture attracts and retains some just good people, but also good people doing great work and doing it the right way. So um, I continue to sort of be impressed with your team and your company and shout out to you and Andrew for really sort of being the uh, the foundation of that. Uh, if you like this episode and want to share this with some of your colleagues and friends, please, uh, you'll see it up on LinkedIn on demand as soon as we click stop. You'll also find it on demand in a couple of days up at salespipelineradio.com. And I encourage you to join us future Thursdays, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. I want to thank again our sponsor, Vidyard, for making this possible. If you want to get their free high conversion virtual sales playbook, go to vidyard.com slash pipeline. And uh, on behalf of Marnie and everyone else, my name is Matt Hines. Thanks very much for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Bye-bye.